Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. My name is Matt. I am a pastor here at the church. Um, so we're going to watch this video. It's a video of... Um, my favorite, probably my favorite comic. His name's Brian Regan. Um, he's a stand-up comic who I find very funny. And before we show the video, I just want to, if any, if there's like younger people in here, you get a glimpse of what it was like before HD, H, high definition TV came into play. Because this video is a little older. And so for some of us, it'll be a throwback to before HD, um, H, HD, not HD TV, HD. Um, but those of you who don't know, this is what it was like before high definition. So watch this video. I'm actually kind of quiet off stage. A lot of people don't realize that. I was at a dinner party recently. A bunch of people that I don't know. One guy talking plenty for everybody. And then me, myself, right? And then I, and then myself, right? Me, me. I couldn't tell this one about I because I was talking about myself. And then me, 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 me. Beware the me monster. So I tried to jump in with a little story. I don't want to just sit there the whole night. Right when I'm done with my story, this guy goes, that ain't nothing. (laughs) Didn't mean to waste everybody's time. (laughs) Telling my nothing story. Here, let Marco Polo speak. The me monsters, right? Me, me. Um, does anybody know a me monster? A me monster? Yeah, some of you, some of you know me monsters. Does anybody not know a me monster? If you don't know a me monster, maybe you're the me monster. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I like what he used that the me monster, and so you know he kind of portrayed the me monster. But 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 a me monster is. Anybody that likes to talk about themselves a lot, um, the conversations that they're having, they, they, they mostly are around um, them and their interests, right? They monopolize the conversation. And by that, I mean they spend more time talking about themselves um, as they do listening to other people's stories. Um, me monsters can sometimes be defensive, like nothing ever really goes wrong for them. And so when somebody brings them up, they get defensive. Uh, me monsters are opinionated. Uh, they can be unapologetic. And sometimes me monsters can, um, they don't have a filter. And part of the reason that they don't have a filter is because they don't really care about what you think that they say anyway. It's just about, it's just about them. And so now as I define that, without raising your hand, without pointing to your neighbor or somebody. Do, do you know a me monster? Do you know a me monster now? And so here's the thing with the me monster. That kind of defines it. But the thing with me monsters is most of them, not all of them, but most of them are, are um, driven by pride. They're driven by pride. I think most of us know what pride is, but here's a definition of pride. Pride is a high or excessive opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority. And so, right, they, they think 
highly of themselves. That's pride. If I have pride, I think highly of myself. I think I'm a pretty important guy. That's some pride. But I like this second part here. It says, whether as cherished in the mind or as displayed in bearing or conduct. So I can present, I can do things, right, that, that are prideful and I, and I can show my pride, but I can also have pride in my heart. It says, cherished in the mind, right? And my mind is linked to my heart. So even without showing pride, I can still have pride when I think those things, when I think I'm better than I really am. So pride can be, can be shown, but also can be within us. And here's the thing, thing about pride. I would argue that, that God hates pride. And I, and I use that word hate. Hate's a strong word, but I think that God does hate pride. Here's some, some scriptures that talk about it. In Proverbs 16, 5, it says, The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Proverbs 16, 8 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. So God detests it. If we have pride, it says there is destruction. Isaiah 2, 17 the arrogance of man, which can be pride, the arrogance of man will be brought low and human pride humbled. Human pride will be humbled. So if we have pride, it, God is going to humble us. And then back to Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. And so I don't know about you, but as a human, I don't want to be disgraced. Right? And I think most of us are probably in that same boat. But when we have pride, right? when pride comes, then comes disgrace on us. But I like the last part here. It says, but with humility comes wisdom. But with humility comes wisdom. And so I like that word a lot better. Humility or being humble. That is a much better word than prideful. Essentially, humbleness is the opposite of pride. Humility is the opposite of pride. I like the definition here of humble. It says, a modest opinion or estimate of one's own importance, rank, etc. Not proud or arrogant or modest. It's a modest opinion of ourselves. A, mos a modest opinion of of, of how important we are, of our importance, of our, even, even of our talents. It's a modest opinion. And so as much as God hates pride, that's how much he loves humbleness. Here's a couple of scriptures. Ephesians 4.2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Matthew 18.4 says, Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And the English Standard Version, the ESV, actually says, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in all of the kingdom. And so those are scriptures that saying God loves humbleness. He hates pride. He loves humbleness. He loves humility. Here's the thing, all of us in this room, all of us listening to the message, myself included, we can all be humble. 
we can all have a sense of humility. The reason I know this is because we as humans are created in the image of God. We're created in the image of God. And if God loves humility, then we can be humble. We can be, we can have humility. All it takes is a shifting of our mind. It's something that we can, we can, we have the decision, we have the control over in our minds and our hearts to make that shift. We can shift our minds to be humble. So hold that thought. We are in a, we are in a series called Kingdom Mindsets, Training our thinking. And we've spent the last few weeks of talking about how we can do those things. We have control of things in our lives and we just have to shift our minds. We, we, it's based on, right, it says taking captives. The scripture that's based on is taking captives our thoughts, taking captive our thoughts and making them obedient to Christ. And we can do this. We can take, take our prideful thoughts and we can give them to, to Christ and we can shift them. We can shift our thinking to becoming more humble. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be in um, the book of Philippians with our scripture today. So it's Philippians 2. You can start to turn to that if you want. Philippians chapter 2, it'll be up on, on the, the overhead um, if you can follow along. But what's happening here, this is um, Paul, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church in Philippi. And the first part of this, of this book, and really the first part of, of chapter 2, basically says, hey, if you want to be like Jesus, if you want to be like Christ, then do these things. If you want to be like Christ, act this way or do this. And then our scripture picks up and says, do this. And then we'll read what, what Paul is saying we should do. So we are going to be in uh, Philippians chapter two, starting with verse three. I'll just read, I, I like to read it out of my Bible. So Philippians two, three. We want to be like Christ, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equally with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And so as we talk about humbleness and, and pridefulness today, there's a couple things that I think in that scripture that we can learn from that. So the title of today's message is very simple, humble versus prideful. And like we've done over, over this message series, there's um, a lie that we've taken from the scripture. There's also a truth that we've taken from the scripture. And then I think God has called me to um, talk about some action steps that we can do to, to battle our pride and to put on um, humbleness. And so that's what we'll talk about today. But, but before I get there, will you pray with me? So God, we come to you this morning and we just say, thanks for, for bringing us here and thank you for wanting uh, to speak to us. 
And God, as we try to um, look what, what, what you think, we, the pride that we need to get rid of and, and put on humbleness, God, we just ask that you speak directly to where we are today. God, I pray that you get me out of this, this message, and I pray that the words that are spoken here today are, are your words. We invite the Holy Spirit in. In Jesus' name, amen. So the lie, the lie that I think Scripture tells us is to be important, I have to be a self-promoter. To be important, I have to be a self-promoter. I don't know if you're aware, but we live in a society that promotes self-promotion. I don't know if that's actually how I say it, right? We value, there's, there's a lot of self-promotion in our society. Um, if you guys have been around, you know that I love football. Um, and so if I, I think about footballs, when, when, when guys score a touchdown or if they get a sack, there's some self-promotion in that. They, they, they run away, right? They don't really celebrate with their teammates, but somebody will make a sack and they'll kind of run away and they'll do their little dance or whatever over here, but they're, they're away from everybody and they want everybody to look at them. It's a form of self-promotion. Singers will often be self-promoters. If there's like a new album called, by the way, do they call them albums anymore when they come out with a new album? When there's a new album coming out, when more songs are coming out, uh, a lot of times singers will do stuff that to self-promote themselves. They, they want their name out there. And, it, and more t it can be a good thing, but more times than not, it's a bad thing. You'll hear this like, oh, they're in the news again. But they don't care because if they can just withstand a little bit of this, of this tension and this pressure and this, and, right, and this bad press, well, my name's getting out there and people will go and they'll buy my records. It's self-promotion. We live in a, in a very self-promoting world. But God says that that's a lie. God says that that's a lie. In Philippians 2, 3, right at the very beginning of our scripture, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And so when you look those up in the, in the Greek, selfish ambition comes together, and it means this. It's this Greek word that is erythia. It's the seeking of followers, especially by means of gifts, it's ambition, it's rivalry, it's self-seeking. And so God is saying, don't be that way, right? Do not be seeking of followers. Do not be self-seeking. That's a lie. When our society says, be a self-promoter, that's a lie. It's a lie. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So vain conceit is this. It's kenodoxia. I hope nobody speaks Greek because I don't know if I'm actually saying these words right. But kenodoxia, but it's vainglory or empty pride. Vainglory, empty pride. Well, I had to look up vainglory, but when I looked it up, I'm like, wow, I really like this definition of, of it being a lie. So vainglory, the definition of vainglory is excessive elation or pride over one's own achievements. So when I have an achievement, when I celebrate it too much, or when I have this, when I do something and I think it's better than it really is, that's vainglory. And so the lie God is telling us, he's saying, do not do that. Don't overpromote yourself. Don't think of yourself higher than what you should. That's vainglory. 
So being a self-promoter, that's a lie. You do not have to be a self-promoter. The truth is this, and you can write this down. The truth is humility is the pathway to promotion. Humility is the pathway to promotion. In Philippians 2, the last part, 8 and 9, right? It says, And being found in the appearance as a man, he, that's Jesus, humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Right? So here's Jesus. He's sitting in heaven. The greatest place we can ever imagine, and I would even argue it's the greatest place that we cannot even imagine because it's so much greater than that. And he humbles himself and comes down to earth. It's God coming down in, in the flesh and blood as Jesus coming down to earth. That's pretty humbling. I'm leaving this perfect place. I'm coming down to earth. And not just down to earth to live. I mean, he lived for a while, and it's, but to, be, to, to die on a cross. Like that's very humbling. He knew what he had to go through. He knew what the end of his life was going to be. That's humbling himself. And then look at the second part, right? Therefore, and that's a very important word, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name or above every name. Therefore, that's a result of him humbling himself. Jesus humbles himself. Therefore, he gets promoted. It's not a self-promotion. He had to humble himself to be promoted by God. And so humility is that pathway to being promoted. I think it's the pathway to being promoted here on earth, but obviously through scripture, it's the pathway to be promoted by God. Being promoted, let's, we, we, we come back down here to earth. Being promoted by somebody else is way better than promoting yourself. Here's an example. So um, anyone familiar with the show, America's Got Talent? Anybody familiar with that show? Yeah, America's Got Talent. If you're not familiar, what happens is you come and you have a talent. A lot of times it's singing, but they'll come up in front and there's four judges and they perform their talent. And then the judges, like they give them their opinion and America gets to vote. You know how every show is now, America gets to vote. And so, but part of that is they, they, they tell them, oh, it was really good or this or that. Well, in, the, in recent years, they've added this thing that it's called the golden buzzer. And so when you perform your, your talent up there, if one of the four judges really likes that, they can hit the golden buzzer. And if they hit the golden buzzer, that person automatically moves on to the next round. And so here's the thing. When they hit the golden buzzer, it's really cool. I watch these YouTube videos where they just have like golden buzzers and I'll be crying and doing all this stuff because it's really enjoyable to watch but the thing is, there's huge value when the, when the judge hits the golden buzzer. If I was up here, if I was on America's Got Talent and I'm performing and I'm doing this and then I went over and I hit my own golden buzzer, it would have absolutely no meaning, <laughs> right? It would have no meaning. So when I hit, if, if somebody hits the golden buzzer, if I'm gonna self and be like, yeah, I did really good, I'm gonna hit the golden buzzer. It means nothing, but... When the judges, when somebody else hits the golden buzzer, it has a lot of meaning. 
Because the lie is that we have to be self-promoters. The truth is that God and others will promote us through humility. In 1 Peter 5, 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So just like America's Got Talent, it feels really good when others lift you up. But I'll tell you what, it feels a lot better when God lifts you up. And if when we're on earth, and we get this thing and it says, in due time, right? In due time. We can be lifted up here on earth and it feels really good. But your due time may be after you're not even on earth. When you're, when you're in heaven and God lifts you up, that's going to feel way better than it does here on earth. But to get that promotion, it starts with humility. It starts with humility. Therefore, because he was humble, therefore, God lifted him up. It starts with humility. So I think that's the lie and the truth. We need to be humble. And so I want to spend the rest of my time talking about action steps that I believe will help us become humble. Okay, I'm going to have three of them. These are, I, I feel like they're from God, but it doesn't mean that this is the, the extensive list. There are other things that we can do to be humble. I'm going to share three of them with you, three action steps. And the first one is this. Watch your eyes. You may have to look at that one on the board. Watch your eyes, not these eyes. Don't watch these eyes, but watch your eyes. What I mean by that is watch your eye statements. Watch your eye statements. I statements are things like, look what I did, right? Or I did this. It's kind of like the me monster. Instead of using me, you're using I. Me, 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 I, I did all this. Those are I statements. And then we're not going to do it like the me monster. I statements can be very subtle. I know people that have some pride in their lives, and the I statements are very subtle. But you notice it, and they're like, eh, they talk about themselves a lot. They use a lot of I statements. Let me give you an example. We have a perfect example of, of how not to use I statements. And it comes from Jesus. And I'm going to read out of scripture from Matthew. And you think, well, is this really true? Is this account really true? I love this because in the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this account happens in all four of them, almost identically in the first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. A little different job, but it's very, very close. The wording is very close. And so when four people wrote this book on this account, I picture in my head that it being almost identical to the words that are on in Matthew. And so I want to read this. And so it says, it's Matthew 27. So this is, this is Jesus before Pilate. Pilate is the governor. We refer to him as the governor. Pilate is the one that can get, get Jesus off. Jesus, right, he's, he's accused of, of doing stuff that he didn't do. And so he has to go to trial. They want to, they want to crucify him. They want to kill him. Pilate's the one that, that wants to like say, he's saying like, I can get you off here. All you got to do is help me out. I, I can get you off, right? And I think even deep down, Pilate wants to say, oh, this isn't your guy. But let's, let's look at the scripture. Uh, Matthew 27, starting in verse 11 says, Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? This is where Jesus could have said, Yes! 
Me, monster, me, me, yes, I'm the king of the Jews. Did you see what I did? Did you see me raise Lazarus from the dead? You know all those healings that I did? Did you hear the Sermon on the Mount? I did all that. I did all that. I preached all that. I healed all those people. He can do that. And if he would have done that, Pilate probably would have said, you're right, you're out of here. But let's look at Jesus' response. Jesus said, you have said so. Jesus replied, when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. So they asked him again, right? Then Pilate asked him again, do you hear the testimony that they are bringing against you? Do you hear this? Pilate wants to get him. He's like saying, God, can, can Jesus, just say yes. Just tell him who you are. Talk about yourself. And what is Jesus? Jesus made no reply. Not even a single charge. Not even to a single charge. To the great amazement of the governor. Jesus, watch, he didn't talk about how awesome he was. He said nothing. He said nothing. He humbled himself, and it cost him his life. We can learn from Jesus. Let's not talk about us as much. Let's quit using as many I statements. And when I say let's, that's me too. Let's use less I statements. So another action step, becoming more of a humble person, is to use your use. We need to watch our I statements, watch our eyes, and we can then use our use. Philippians 4, or 2.4 says, not looking at your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And so your use, using your use is saying, well, let's talk about you, right? What are you doing? What's on your mind? What are your interests? What are your favorite things? Or you can even say things like, I like your hair or I like your clothes. You can even say, you did great. But it's all about you. Using your use. We can humble ourselves when we use our use. That was a quick one. Here's the last one. I'll explain this one a little bit. But it says we can we can be more humble, right? right? We don't when we don't think of less of ourselves, don't think less of ourselves, but think of our yourself less. I totally butchered that. Let me just read it. Don't think less of yourself. Think of yourself less. So let me give you an example from my life. And this is an area, and I put this on here because it's kind of, it's, it sounds like it's contradictory to humbling ourselves, but it's really not. God has been speaking to me in, in this area of my life for, for a while now, but especially over the last month or so. And so we think of ourselves, so here's me, right? Here's me. In my life, um, I have, I have I've been taught but I also, and I'm going to use the word pride. I don't know another word. I, I take a lot of pride in trying to be humble. Well, here's, here's, here's where I am. So for me to be humble, here's what I've done. I'm here. Well, to be humble, what I do is I say, well, I'm down here. 
And I use these statements. I'll give you an example here in a second, but I put myself down here. I think of less of myself. And so look what happens. When I think less of myself, I think that's, that's humbleness because everything else is up here, right? But what it should be is not that. It should be instead of thinking less of myself, I keep myself, let's promote somebody else. It still creates that gap. It's the same gap, right? It's just different. I don't think less of myself. I just think more of other people. And so that gap is still there. So it still is humbleness. It's still humility. Here's maybe a real life example um, of me. Is So as much as I've talked about football and things, if you've heard me, me talk, I talk about how I'm, I'm not a very good singer. I'll say that, right? I, I can't sing. I'm never going to be on the worship team and all that. And, and, right? If you guys agree, like, have you heard me talk about that? Like, not being a good singer. I would demonstrate that, but I won't. But I've talked about that in the past. Oh, I'm not a good singer. I can't sing. The reality of it is, is I can sing. I can sing. And God actually likes it when I sing. I came in here in the morning, and I got in here early, and I just put on the music, and I put it really loud, and I was singing a worship song. And I think God really appreciated that. So I can sing, but here's the difference. I just don't sing as well as other people. I don't sing as well as Emma or Krista who were up here singing this morning. I can still sing. I just don't sing as well as them. So instead of saying, I stink at singing and put myself down here, I just say, they sing better than me. And that's just one example of my life where, where I do that. I do it often in other, and I, and I, and I, I, I self-denigrate myself, self-denigrating, bring myself down because I think that's being humble. In Philippians 2, 3, it's our main scripture, it says, rather in humility, value others above yourself. And so when we're here, right, it's that value. It's saying, okay, I'm valuing you here. Whatever area it is, I'm valuing you above myself. I'm not this, watch, I'm not, that isn't valuing this person, is it? That's just bringing yourself down. This is valuing them. Romans 12, 3 says, for by the uh, grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. So there's that warning. Don't think highly of you ought. That'd be humble. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with what the faith God has, or, yeah, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So that word sober judgment, to me, that is thinking of yourself right where you are. I don't have to think of myself down here. I can think of myself right where I'm at. Because here's the thing. God has given me gifts. God has given each one of you gifts. Multiple, plural, more than one gift. You are good at something. And so for us to deny those gifts, to bring ourselves down, that's denying what God gave us and he doesn't want that. That's not being humble that is actually being, it's called false humility. When we lower ourselves because we're thinking we're being humble and denying what God gave us, that's false humility. So instead, think of yourself here, where you are. It's okay. Just value others above yourself. That still creates humbleness. 
that still creates humbleness. And so I use that word like false humility, false humility. It's, it's tearing yourself down. It's denying what God has given you. And that's where it becomes false. It's really not, by me saying I'm not a good singer, when I be tearing myself down, is really not humility. It's false humility. And so I said, God has been working on this with me over the last month or so. While I was away at, at, a, at a retreat, I went on the, on the wilderness trip. And during that trip, God gave me a term. And I think it means, it means something to me. I'm still learning about what this means. But I think it may mean something to you too. And so this is your last fill-in. Don't walk in false humility. Walk in humble confidence. Walk in humble confidence. The humbleness part of that is lifting others up higher than yourselves, valuing them more than yourselves. The confidence part is don't tear yourself down. Don't deny the gifts that God has given you. Know where you are. Sober judgment. Think of yourself and value people more. Don't walk in false humility. Walk in humble confidence. And so as we talk about this, humble, being humble or humbleness or humility versus prideful, I was looking this up and I saw this quote. It's from John Stott. S-T-O-T-T. He's an um, English theologian. His, his comment is this, his, his quote is, pride is your greatest enemy. Humility is your greatest friend. I think that is true. When we talk about how God hates pridefulness, how he loves humility, that is such a true statement. And so I started thinking about that, that quote, pride is your greatest enemy. Well, things that I would have, I try not to have like human enemies, but I have these things in my life that, that I don't like. We'll call them enemies. You with me? So I don't think about those things. I don't spend time with those things, or I try not to. I don't worry about the things that I don't like. That's my enemy. So don't spend time with your enemy. Instead, what I do is I spend time with my friends. I spend time doing the things that I like, right? The things I like would be my friends. And so when he says, humility is your greatest friend, spend time there. Don't spend time being the me monster with pride and talking about me and all these things that I can do and I and me, my. Don't spend time there. Spend time with humility. Spend time lifting others up. That's what God wants for us. Because God hates pridefulness. But he loves humility. Let's spend time walking in humility. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.